This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined again by Nathan Salt. And we want to start off this pod by saying a massive thank you to all of you who tuned in to our last podcast with Humphrey and Fleur, which we released. Maybe we've got some new listeners as well this week, myself and Nathan, and get through Lee Tomlin latest, look at the FA Trophy draw, look at the team news, how it's shaping up, which players could be in with a shout at starting away at Wilston this weekend. But yeah, Nathan, it's one year as well nearly since we've marked the start of our own podcast. That'll be next week since we kick this all off. How are you doing? Yeah, it's exciting. A lot of anniversaries, February, a lot of birthdays and nearly my birthday as well, just to get that in on every podcast between now and then. But no, you're a year, nearly a year since we started the podcast, Rich, when it was just uh, an idea. And we and I remember us saying, you know, do we just give it, I think you might have said, or we, we both agreed that maybe we'll just do a couple of episodes, one or two episodes. And if we don't like it or it doesn't do very well, if no one listens to it, then we'll stop. And here we are, what, 55 episodes later? And, uh, and plenty more to come. So now I'm really excited. I want to know maybe if people can let us know how we should celebrate. I know Humphrey and Fleur suggested we get a Colin the Caterpillar. Um, but I don't know. Any ideas? What should we do that, that is a- achievable? I'm not going to kind of abseil down the floodlights or something like that. You know, uh, let's keep it. Let's keep it realistic. Or I'm not going to dye my hair pink or anything crazy. But Rich, I'm now. I'm, I'm excited. It's. Uh, it's it's yeah it's been a long long year of the podcast but fun and on the pitch god we're still in the mix you know i'm trying to be i'm trying to be positive i was there at, at the Borenwood trophy game very much enjoyed myself and i'll be totally honest with you i remember when ollie palmer signed i texted you and said look i've watched him at wimbledon i'm a little bit uh underwhelmed i'll say but i thought he played well against um against Borenwood. i thought he really put a shift in and put himself about so yeah, but I still think hurry back Paul Mullen because just those two up top would be a, a perfect compliment. But no, look, I'm good. How are you doing is the question. Because I feel like you always ask me this, but I never never sort of return the question. Are you well, Rich? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you very much. I've, I've somehow managed to sort of arrange to go to the next three Wrexham games. So we've got Wealdstone away oh. this weekend, Chesterfield away a week Tuesday. Be, well, Tuesday night coming up when you listen to this. And then the Aldershot game on the 26th, which does mark the one-year anniversary of Rob Ryan Red as a podcast. So, yeah, I'm very excited for what lies ahead. Like you said, it's it's so difficult. It, it, like, after most midweek fixtures, I go to our social media account at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter and I post the sort of updated National League table. And you can tell which ones of our, which, which of our supporters are sort of glass half full and who are 
glass half empty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because as we as as it stands, we're seventh in the league. We're eight points off top, which is Stockport. They've played two more games than us. In terms of the form table, we're eighth. Um, Stockport, again, leading the way by that. They've had a ridiculous run of form, but what's to say that we can go on that ourselves and you know have a really good sort of return from these games? Like you said, Harry Lennon's been out for a long while. You know He's been in and out of the team. We've not had that consistency at the back. Jake Hyde's been missing, could be missing for the rest of the season. Paul Mullen's been out. But we're still there. We're still just doing our thing, mm. you know, just going about it the Wrexham way, just maybe going a little under the radar, actually, which considering the takeover and all the hoo-ha, all the media attention, it might suit us in that regard. But yeah, I mean, I think every fan is expecting at least the playoffs. You know, that's the bare minimum. Yeah, I do hand on heart think the title's just a little out of our reach, you know. I mean, it's not totally gone, but I just think there's some... Far stronger teams in front of us who have more cohesive sort of units. Yeah. Boreham Wood, who, you know, you were there for the FA Trophy game, beat them 3-0, but they're third in the table, six points off top, but have three games in hand. I know most managers will say I'd rather have the points on the board rather than the games in hand, just because of the, uh, the sort of pressures that come along with that. But look, we're in the mix, and particularly Chesterfield next week, they'll be out without Shamanga, we'll be out without Mullin, but that's a winnable game. I Who'd know have seen that, that coming, Rich? Who'd have seen that coming, though? You know, Kavongo Shimanga, and look, wish him well, and I, I don't wish ill on any any other player, but that completely changes the the predicament that Chesterfield find themselves in. I know people said they can go out and, and maybe go and get someone, get a player, but you, you're going to struggle to replace Shimanga at that kind of level in, in leagues, you know, I dare I say, bottom half of League One, two, and and you know who they're gonna get. You could go and get. You're not gonna get Dom Telford out of Newport. You wouldn't think so. It's that's a real body blow for them, and you have to think that that massively strengthens, you know, everyone else, ourselves, and and going into Tuesday night, and and who's their replacement? Joe Quigley, I don't okay, Tom Denton, those kind of players. They're not Shamanga, but it looks like. Well, it doesn't look like. It seems like it's it's pretty nailed on that. Uh, we step forward, Rich. We go to Wheelston and we go to Chesterfield and then back to facing Aldershot without Lee Tomlin. Now, we made well, I, I made that graphic, didn't I? And you come up with the very nice Valentine's Day poem uh, to try and... I, I thought that would work, Rich. I thought that might you know, twist his arm, that maybe he does want to play behind Paul Mullen, but clearly, clearly it didn't have the desired effect. I don't know. It, it, didn't, it didn't convince him because... Look, there was always a chance, wasn't there, that financially there was just not going to be a package that was that was appealing to him. You know, he's on. You've got to remember as well that these are high yeah. high paid championship players. So mm. Tomlin would have been on, and this is just this is just guesswork, but he's going to be on a fee. I'd imagine it's going to be somewhere between ten and twenty thousand pound a week. North he'd of be ten thousand, you can say that. Yeah. I think it's north of ten thousand. So that's at least double our highest earner, maybe even triple if you go into the high end of that. It To drop down to these divisions, remember, remember when we linked with Jack Wilshire and we hmm. put our inquiries in and it came back to it, well, this was a player who was reluctant to move to Luton, who were a mid-table hmm. championship team um, because he saw that as a step down. So, you know, Lee Tomlin's been training with us. We said this on the last podcast as well, that training and trial aren't the same thing. It does sound like it was actually kind of a trial though, now that it's come out of it. And yeah, it's it's we're in a difficult position obviously because we can only sign free agents at this stage of the season. So 
someone like Lee Tomlin fits the bill, fits that criteria. We maybe do lack an extra attacking midfielder to unlock some of these stubborn defences. But the figures probably aren't going to work. And you've got to remember that although we've got a lot of money, we've still got a limit. And we want to be buying players who want to be playing for the club. We don't want to. And I'm not saying this of Lee Tomlin, but I'm saying we don't want to be buying mercenaries, people who are just mm. coming for an easy payday. You know, so it looks like it's not going to work off. The exact wording from Parkey was the Lee Tomlin deal hasn't progressed and is unlikely to. The, the door's that... ajar. The yeah. door is ajar there, you know. But what I think, Rich, is we've been around the game at the higher end enough now to know that wages and breaking that structure and, and your highest it, it is actually a real bone of contention for players um you know if you'd have I, look lee tomlin as a cv that would that would kind of wipe the floor with a lot of our players uh, easily uh, and so i understand that but if someone comes in on a contract i don't know let's just say Rexon went mad and, and offered him six seven eight i don't know what you just just something crazy say they're offered him ten thousand just say for argument's sake at ten thousand pound a week, that would have—I I honestly struggle to th- see how nobody in the dressing room would have taken issue with that. You know, everyone wants to earn as much money as they can, and and while it's about the playing, people at this level care a lot about how much money they can earn and, and value their talent as as they should. So, you know what, coming in mid-season, yeah, I like the idea of of Lee Tomlin, but I I, I perhaps didn't like the idea so much in in maybe tr- tripling or doubling or tripling our our highest earner so look it is what it is i think at this point you've got your squad you've got your group now and we'll come on to it later in terms of you know if we've got eight nine ten sort of nailed on positions when everyone's fit and healthy it's i think we've got our group now and all we've got to do is just race to the finish you know how high can we finish now that that's that's all it's about and can we get to wembley on route that'd be nice wouldn't it rich we can get to wembley on route i know we've got Wieldston at the weekend, and that isn't a million miles from Wembley, I'll be totally honest. So, what do you think? Do you reckon we'll get there? I mean, Notts County was the draw. It was still in the hat with Bromley. They got... Who did they get? Bromley got... I can't even think of the draw. Needham Market got Stockport. Wrexham got Notts County. Bromley got Solihull, Moors, and that left Dagenham against York City. Is that the Rod Stewart equivalent of the draw? That wasn't it. It's quite drawn out. Um. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> well, Rod, the Rod Stewart draw is untouchable. I can't do anything with Rod. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah but no. the, we've got we've got Notts County away. Yeah, and my immediate there, gut reaction yeah. to that was negative. But then right. I thought about Same. it. I looked at the table, and I thought about the games we've played against Notts this season. We were there, the first home game of the season. I, I was lucky to go to. We batted them. James Jones should have scored that wonder goal, which was. Incorrectly, offside, I think, ruled offside. It offside. It um, we were far better than them. Clareworth, of raw talent, got exposed for their goal, really. And then we got back into the game. We should have won that. We should have got two or three. We, should, we really should have beat them at home. Away from home, Hall Johnson with the rocket. We go ahead. Then the Harry Lennon, double jeopardy, penalty and a red card. Paul Mullen misses a penalty as well. You know, yeah. there's a lot of mitigation in that result. And uh, the more I think about it, the more I just think we we really are due to do them in. So, look, I'm not as pessimistic as probably I was when the draw was made. I think it is the second hardest tie that was available. I think Stockport home or away would have just been killer. I think that would have been... Mm, that would have been just, the worst. Yeah, it just would have been That'd horrible. Be and just 
Yeah. So, I I am I'm quietly confident. Really? Yeah. I, I think I think look that we would have had to have beaten someone good. You know, as much as we were all kind of crossing our fingers for Needham Market or or York, if it had been you know if it had been Bromley or if it had been Dagenham, it would have been tricky anyway. So, there's a chance. Right? Look, there's a chance. And that's all you can ask for. I think, look, in what I would say is there'll be new players in there as well. Tom O'Connor didn't play that game that I went to, the away game. Ollie Palmer didn't play. So, you know, two different dimensions, particularly Palmer, completely different dimension up top than, than what we're able to use that day. Mullin will be back for then, which is key. And he'll feel, I think, I think he'll feel a sense of, God, I owe this lot one, having missed the penalty, you know, and especially going back to Meadow Lane where he missed it. It's just, uh, what are we gonna do? We're gonna get a Friday night game, Sunday afternoon game. What are we gonna get? It's because uh, Forest, Nottingham Forest, are at home on the Saturday, so it kind of complicates it. But no, look, that should be a really that's that's the tie you want, isn't it? They're the big ties, and if we do win it, look, we've beaten, we've knocked off Boreham Wood comfortably, three nil. Aaron Hayden was sublime. Ollie Palmer played well. Callum McFadden on his debut gets man of the match. To you know, there's, there's enough new pieces in there now that going into that game, I think we could look. A little bit different, you know. It won't be Harry Lennon there to to uh, to do a Luis Suarez on the line again, but it it's uh, I don't know. I just think we own one. Ultimately, I just think we own one. Yeah, and like you said, there. I think that Boreham Wood are a better team than Notts County, and I know that might come back to haunt me or whatever. But I really do think they've just got more about them as a collective unit. So we'll just have to see what happens. There's so much mitigation. There's so much can change, mm. and like we said. But that last visit there, just one decision can completely just turn it on its head. So, you know, we're in it. And I I do think that that we've got a good chance of it. Now, if I guess while you're on it there, you, you're speaking about that Bournemouth game. McFadzian, really good on his debut, looked really like. Really good. But really good. that brings with it its own problem, really. I mean, we spoke about this at the start of the season, didn't we? I think in our first sort of pre-season preview podcast, we identified the two wing-back roles as perhaps the closest calls in the squad where there wasn't necessarily a standout candidate in each role. Obviously, Cam Green and Jamie Record are now left. Um, mm. So the, the personnel we're talking about are different. But right back and left wing, and sorry, right wing back and left wing back, still a lot of sort of debate about who should be starting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, every time I go on social media after a game, it seems to be a huge debate. You know, who plays right wing back, who plays left wing back, and I actually think those are the positions where there is the most jeopardy. I probably think those two. The midfield, I think really in midfield, it's probably Young, Davis, O'Connor. I think that's probably his preferred three. And then I think you have Palmer and Mullin when they both fit up top with Hyde as your first deputy, I think. But then, yeah, I, I for a while, I, I mean, I, my, personally, my personal belief is that Reese or Johnson is that primary option at right wing back. And I would say, I, I honestly, it's a small sample size, but I think McFadzian will be the one come Saturday at Wheelston and come Tuesday at Chesterfield will be that starting left wing back. I just think he gives you um, I just think he gives you a little bit more solidity at the back and, and, and has still got that ability to pick out a cross and seems to it seems to be a more of an orthodox wing back in that he likes to just hug the touchline and feels more comfortable out there. It's been difficult for Bryce because he's not naturally a left-sided player. 
So, you know, does he... The, the argument is, I've seen a lot of few people make it on social media. You play McFadden, and then you play Bryce on the other side, and, and you know Reese or Johnson's the, the deputy, but you saw him come on. Reese gets the cross for that Aaron Hayden goal at the weekend, and maybe just another reminder to Parkinson that, OK, you've left me out of a big trophy game, but here's what I can do. You know, there's the new kid on the block, but... And look, earlier in the season, I was at South End, Rich, and I was really, really impressed by Tyler French at right wing back. I know maybe that that has gone now. That that kind of idea that it seems to be that he's quite far down the pecking order. But but two assists, both brilliant. One for Jamie Record, one for Dior Angus that day. I think he gives you a lot more solidity defensively. You know, if I if I see the lineup for Chesterfield and it's Tyler French at right wing back, I wouldn't be mad. I doubt it would be that. But look, there's options now, and there I'm not even talking about Liam McAlinden, Rich. I know you were quite high on him for the games he came in, but it it it's uh, McFadden's really throwing the cat among the pigeons with that performance because you know Sundown fans couldn't wait to tell us kind of how bad he uh, how bad he would be to assist on his debut. Not bad, not too shabby. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was going to ask you this really. What was he like defensively? Was he tested much? Because I feel like we do have some wing backs who are specialist attackers and I wouldn't really rely on them so much defensively whereas there's others who are the reverse of that and I think Tyler French is someone who defensively is quite solid but just doesn't offer what Reese Hall Johnson does going forward and I think that Hall Johnson has monopolized that right wing back role when he's fit now I think Parky just loves him so much really rates him I know Mark Crichton said that when we had him on the pod the other week that he's probably one of his players of the season for what he's done and you think about what he did last season as well. He's he is our best sort of fullback maybe since Curtis Obank, I think, in terms of everything that he offers. And on the left, McFadzian for me, I would just want to see what he can offer. But yeah, Nate, did he have to do much defensively? I, I would say the first 15, 16 minutes we were really under the cosh. I thought Boreham would just totally had our way had their way with us. After, thereafter, I think they were more worried about him going the other way. So there was a lot more joy that he was... And look, when you get those two quick-fire goals, it seems just not the stuffing out of Boreham Wood. So, you know, he will have tougher tests. I'd like to see him on a... Maybe some grittier conditions. You know, what are we going to get with, with Storm Dudley? or What's the other one? Storm Uni? Storm Dudley? Something like that. If we if we, if we the game goes ahead at the weekend, and, you know, it won't be nice. It'll be it'll be gritty and horrible, and that's probably what... We all stand away, but they're the games where you need... People to dig in, and I think McFadden just showed that spirit of, you know, quite a quiet lad. He, I was in um, one of the hospitality boxes, very very fancy uh, for once for a change at the weekend, and he came up to sort of talk about being man of the match, and just seemed like a really nice lad, really sort of within himself, quite quiet, just wanted to do his talking on the pitch. I think you know people have already dug around in in his previous clubs and 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 any misdemeanors he's had so far in his career, but. Think he's a really smart bit of business, actually. That that that's a bit of a chip on his shoulder and wants to prove that that he he can do it, basically. And yeah, I, I think look the dish. The difficulty is, Parky loves Bryce Hosanna, so he, he's got options. But I think you need to know going into this final part of the season, going into a playoff, for example, Rich, going into a playoff now against who would it be now going to? Going into a playoff against Solly Hall, or um, you know, or going in against Boreham Wood or Halifax, you know, what kind of pairing would you see? I know it's a little bit tricky because you've not seen McFadden play yet, but you know, are you, are you looking at Hosanna? Are you looking at French? Are you looking at 
um, you know, dropping O'Connor into a back three. It's there's a lot of uh, question marks in, in in that back five. I think when you when, when you take out Hayden and and, and Toza. Yeah, I think that other centre backs the big issue for me really. I think Hall Johnson and McFadsey, and I think they've been brought into to be the wing backs. To be honest, I just don't think Parkey sees enough from anyone else. Like I said, Michael Linden, I think I've, the best I've seen him has been at left wing back, but I think that if you bring, a, if you sign someone like McFadsey and you've got to play him in his preferred role, really, I know lots of people saying he can play as a left centre back. It'd be interesting to see when that's actually trialled and trying to sort of look ahead at the matches and thinking which one we might get to see him sort of go in that role. But yeah, like I said, I still think that it's just so difficult because at our best. When we've got Mullen and we've got Lennon, I do think we've got such a complete all-round team with not many sort of flaws in it at all. And of course, for the money we've spent, you'd expect us to be saying that. But it's just that mitigation of dealing with not having the right players in. And, you know, I mean, the player for me who I'm just so taken aback by really has been Ollie Palmer, like you said at the start of this. I think we both maybe jump to conclusions when we signed him, weren't really sure why we were spending that much money on someone who just looked like a typical lower league striker. It looked like almost every club has someone like him. I, I didn't really see why we had to spend so much on him specifically, but he hasn't done anything wrong since he's come really from what I've seen. He's got a real good turn of pace. He's orchest- you know, He orchestrates a lot of the attacks in terms of holding the ball up, putting crosses into the box. And yeah, he's just... He's given me as much of a lift as anything else that I've seen in the last couple of months, really, Ollie Palmer. I was at the game, obviously the Bournemouth Wood game, with, with a few people, but one of them wasn't a Wrexham fan, Rich, and, and was watching Wrexham in, in the flesh for first time or second time, something like that. And we both we both said to each other, one of the players who really stood out most was someone who's who's been a bit become a bit of a forgotten man, actually. I, I, he tends to put the odd TikTok up and plays FIFA and whatever, but... I tell you what, Dan Jarvis, I thought, really, really took his opportunity because, especially the first half, he, he looked really neat and tidy. He, in, a, in a, I'd say an unfamiliar role playing off playing off um, Palmer, and I thought it was. I thought that was one of the most interesting subplots that Parky didn't just go Ponticelli up top and didn't just go Angus up top or Kwame. I think it was a little bit of a wake up call for those three, you know, to sort of say that I am willing to look at maybe playing a more creative player off the front man. And using Palmer as a bit of a battering ram, I'd say uh, Jarvis obviously kind of faded as the game went on, which is understandable. He's only been playing sort of behind closed doors games, and so and that do you think that's a role like that someone else could fill? Then, like we do that tactically, and we play another sort of maybe Jordan Davis off Ollie yeah, you Palmer. Could, you could play Jordan up there, and, and then that allows you to play probably both Young O'Connor and James Jones in there. But if you if you maybe want to be slightly more Resolute, you're sort of playing a five-four-one, or you know, it sounds negative, but Jordan can be his attack, and you know, he's a great finisher. Look at the goal he scored against Boreham Wood, an absolutely thunderbolt top corner, you know, and he's he's almost got his own goal of the season competition when you think of purely the trophy. So uh, the outside of the boot against Gloucester, and um, and even Clareworth against Gloucester was another cracker, wasn't it? But I, I think I think that's a role that Jordan could play, and I, I think coming away from Torquay, there's a lot of disappointment, wasn't there? You know, draw with Maiden at last minute. You lose at Torquay and play poorly. I think he, he's looked at somebody like Ponticelli started away at Torquay. Angus came on, not able to affect the game. So I think he thought, look, trophy, 
chance to experiment with something. And I'm not talking the last 20 minutes. You know, this is what he started with. But clearly, it's been on it's been on Parky's mind. And I don't know if you saw that picture um, this week. Uh, it showed Parky's tactic board, and it had uh, every icon down the right side, and uh, it said one touch. So I don't know whether tongue in cheek it was one touch and then lump it forward on the diagonal, but. Um, I'd love us to play a bit more ticky-tacker, one touch. I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to get it between now and then, but I don't know. The tactics board made me laugh anyway because it seemed we've got the right ideas, but maybe not the right uh, philosophy, personnel, whatever you want to call it. But no, Dan Jarvis, it, it, joking aside, Dan Jarvis was um, yeah, was a bright spot, a bright spark, Rich, and you know, it, it did suggest to me that those that are out the side are able to keep sharp. You know, what, where's Sean Brisley? Where's... Um, you know, we just we just said wouldn't before the game. Where's Dan Jarvis? So, anyone else I'm missing out that, that is just in the cold? Dior, I mean, Dior's getting on little bits here and there, but it seems like Dan Jarvis and Brisley are the two that really have been feeding on scraps, I guess. Yeah, I, I've been encouraged by that to to a degree. The fact that there is a bit of rotation. I mean, we've obviously got these favourites that Parky wants to play whenever he can. There's that sort of core group of key players who. You know, even when the half fit are going to be on the pitch, but I think that's going to be the the deciding factor for us, really, if it's going to be a successful promotion push. It's that you've got to not only have the competition for places, but you've got to have these players who can come in and actually affect the games, not just put them on and they look rusty or they just can't get up to speed with things at all. Because you know, before now, in the end of the season, we might have another player suspended for four or five games. We might have someone else who's injured for you know a month or so. So. You've just got to make sure that you've got that, that depth in numbers, which I think we, we do now. And I think it's testament to us that we always crack on about how bad our scoring is at home. And the FA Trophy is different for that. You know, we've scored so many at home in the FA Trophy. But we've played Boreham Wood. Everyone says that we're a one-man team. I've said it myself that we're over-reliant on Mullin. But we scored three goals. Um, Jordan Davis in recent weeks has looked really good. Like, so, so good. And Aaron Hayden... I mean, last three, four months, been our best player, I'd say. I mean, the thing is, the fact is, I actually can't remember the last time. I mean, I know he's been suspended, but I can't remember the last time that Paul Mullen actually did play that well. Was it Halifax away, the last game he sort of won by himself? I can't really remember any other game over the last two months. What, since... I, would, what, I, would say, what, what I would say on Mullen is that look, he, we know he's not been right for a while, though, haven't we? And, and I think. Exactly, and that's not a criticism of Mullen. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I know that. And I, I think it was interesting that he did play in that behind closed doors friendly this week against Burnley and scored in that game. And you'd hope that maybe he's had a little bit of time to recover. He's had a bit of time out. He's still training. So he, I think if he was really. I think, look, you're banned for four games, okay? Or you, you know, missed the fifth one. So he's essentially out for five games and you're injured, it's a chance to, to rest up. and, and, and go. But clearly, he's chomping at the bit still. And when does he come back? The older shot game? Yeah. The old, you know, the older shot game. So, if we're halfway through a suspension. I, I think, you know what, this could be... It's clearly never great to lose your best player to to a suspension. And, and I think that has been an issue, the amount of games he's missed. And that's maybe one for another date. But it, it is actually potentially a good thing to, to have had him out at this point in the season and and what I mean by that is it 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 almost forces the other players to to take some responsibility on their shoulders and say you know what we're gonna we're going into a heck of a final run in here and we, we can't just rely on 
exactly. a one-man late show. You know, we we saw it in in the Champions League, didn't you? You know, Kylian Mbappe just rescuing PSG last minute. We've got to get into the habit of having players that look. Jordan Davis coming into form, playing really well. Dan Jarvis sort of being able to come in here and there and make an impression. Oli Palmer feeling like I'm the guy that needs to carry this. You know, you've got Tom O'Connor coming in, who's neat, tidy. I, th- I still think he's finding his feet. I still think he's figuring out, feeling out the division, which is tricky mid-season. I understand that. And he, he, he'll continue to, to get better. I think, he, you know, quite low-key against Borenwood. I think Young is coming on. I think he's playing really well in recent weeks. Rich, I thought he was very lively, very busy against Borenwood. Kept the game ticking over. And look, James Jones has seen it as a bit of competition now. He'll want to play. He'll look at Tom O'Connor coming in saying, I was also a League One player. Let's not forget that. And, you know, it's up for him now to, to raise his game and force his way into the plans. And, you know, Parky's got headaches for sure, but he's got options. You know, look, we're talking about the wing-back debate. Who gets in? They, those wing-backs should absolutely be busting their balls in training. You know, Bryce Hosanna, Reese Johnson, none of them should feel like... That That was what I felt like maybe last season with Hall Johnson. I didn't really feel like anyone was going to knock him out. Yes, he was playing well. But I didn't really feel like there was any jeopardy to him being kicked out the team. Whereas now, I think you play badly once or twice, twice, three times, you're gone. The shirt's gone, someone else. So that can only yeah. be a good thing. And I think Mullin comes back to a squad that look, is, is, is through in the FA Trophy into the quarterfinals of a cup competition, whether you want to disregard the competition or not. You're still in the mix in the playoffs. Everyone's got to drop points. Look at Bromley in the last two games. have lost to Southend and Stockport. That's six points vanish for them, you know. And they needed they needed they need penalties to get past Needham Market uh, not Needham Market. Whoever they whoever they beat slipped my mind. Um uh no, it's gone. But you know, my, my, I just go I'm just thinking out loud on, on a podcast which isn't great, clearly. But you know, clearly there's a lot of, Chesterfield have, uh, they drew with Stockport, there's points being dropped all over the shop. And who've exactly. we got? We've still got we've still got to play Barnet at home, we've still got to play Kings Lynn. Older shot. Okay, you've got to win. Altrincham, who are in a bit of a God. free fall as well. Boring would be them. Look, Rich, you'd you'd look at the fixture list and go, damn, uh, uh, 10, 11 home games still to go. Out of, what, we've got 17 yeah, home games left? Or 10, you know, 10 home, 10 home 30 games points available. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. You you, you look at that and go, and I, I, look, I, people who listen to this podcast 50-odd episodes in, I, I'm normally pessimistic, but come on. Those are, those are very winnable games at home. You know, and, and look, Chesterfield with Shimangi, don't know what they're going to look like. Halifax, they could be up and down. Boreham would have got a heck of a lot of games to play against some big teams. Bromley are, are, are stumbling a bit. South are coming up. You know, there's a lot of... God, Rich, it's 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 right there. I don't think the title's there. I'll be totally honest with you. I, maybe maybe people disagree with that and want to and knock it out, but I don't think the title's there. I think you'd be better now seeing Stockport run off into the hills and, and beat everyone around us. And we go for that second or third. Because that, that is achievable, I think. You get one of those and then what, you're one game from Wembley. And if you'd mm. have said that, if you'd have said to me at the beginning of the season, third place, one game from Wembley, I'd have snapped your hand off. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And to even get to that position, you'd have to therefore transform your home form. So then having a home playoff for it would would be yeah it would be a huge advantage but just on Mullen by the way so um he went through a period of scoring eight goals in nine games 
And then since the last goal in that, which was in the 2-0 home win against the 10-men of Bromley, he's gone eight games without a goal. So, you know, he's going to come back into the team, but that Oli Palmer-Mullin, you know, partnership, I can't wait to see. And I think that, you know, maybe it's going to have to be Mullen more as a creator when he comes back into the team. I mean, like I said, Palmer should be able to hold the ball up more so for, for Mullen to become even more lethal. But we've got a Football League strike force there. We really that have, is, I mean, and that is that is good, Rich. You got you got, you got a thing, and and before I get onto some emails, because I feel like I I'm neglecting the email inbox. Rob Ryan Red at gmail dot com. If you want to email us, I'm neglecting that, but we'll get to it. Rich, you know, with all due respect to some of the strikers we've had yesteryear, I was looking at um, I was looking at the Wikipedia. I need to get a life basically, but I was looking at the Wikipedia page of the likes of Jefferson, Louis, Deli, Adibola, these kind of people. Leighton McIntosh. Leighton McIntosh. Who else have we had up there? I quite Mike Fondop, who's banging them so, in for Oldham. I was so optimistic when we signed JJ Hooper. I really thought he was going to be like this 20-goal season guy, but didn't work out. You think we had Tomba Masanka. Who else have we had? Michael Bakare. Sean Harad. This could be a Sean, this could be like Sean, back and forth tennis match, Sean, couldn't it? Yeah, Sean Harad. It'd be like um, yeah, Sean Harad. Uh, Jerry McDonough. Yeah, who was the one? Jerry McDonough. Joe Quigley we had in at Chesterfield. Um, Scott Bowden. Scott Quigley. Uh, go back and Mark Beck. Juan Ugarte. Mark Beck. Yeah, is it Harrogate still? I don't know. You know Dan Holman. Louis Maltz. Uh, Andy Bishop. <laughs> Andy Bishop, yeah. Connor Jennings. Some of these are good ones. We'll get into the... the likes what, of- what's the point of this, by the way? I've just realised we've been naming strikers uh, for a minute. I don't really know why. The point. The point is, look at what we've got now. You know, we've rarely had a strike force with as much football league quality in it as we've got now. Yeah, I don't go. I know we've seen Caden Jackson who we had for a bit go on and go up the ladder to Ipswich and and Barnsley and other places. But come on, like we we've got a chance with with those two in the team. You've got goals in there, and I think we needed maybe a little and large combination. For years, I was banging on about how I wanted Matt Reed from Lincoln. And and we've got Ollie Palmer. I think he sort of serves the same purpose. I know he's not just a big oaf, but and you know you said didn't you when you watched him that first time against Grimsby that did have a yard of pace to him, did have that acceleration, but clearly his role with Mullen to be win the knockdowns and 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 feed what you're making sound like a pretty hungry Mullen if he's not scored for you know was it eight games you say now Obviously yeah eight eight games a goal so, so look he, I I think a rested Paul Mullen and a a Paul Mullen with with who's had a rocket up the backside, clearly. You know, Parky wouldn't have been happy with with that kind of uh, you know. Is it Crichton was saying dreadful challenge and, and and such and such. So look, a refreshed Mullen coming into a team that's starting to learn how to win without their star striker who's bailed us out more than one occasion. I think it's a good thing, Rich. I think it really is. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I was off to see what what lies ahead. But myself and you will both be at Wilston this weekend, and they for as long as that um, goes ahead. Of course, Wilston's game in midweek Let's was hope. postponed because of a waterlogged pitch, and we've got these storms on the way as well. So who knows what's going to happen? But fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. Well, well I'm going to read out some emails, to. but I think before we go, because two very nice emails. We've got one from a guy called Andy Morris. This follows on quite nicely from our chat with Humphrey and Fleur, if you didn't listen to that. He put, hi gents, just a quick note to say I've been too nervous to order anything from our club shop this season online. I live in Wolverhampton, so it's not easy to pop in and change it if it's wrong. I took, But I took the gamble and ordered the third shirt 
you know, that's been a treat, hasn't it, Rich? A very lucky omen for us in uh, in the FA Trophy. It sounds like we'll be wearing that at Notts County if we're allowed to, the third white shirt. I ordered the third shirt on Monday and had a bet with a mate about when it would turn up and what size would turn up. Clearly, you know, been listening to some of the grumbles from certain people, but, but however, much to my delight, it arrived, right size, great condition. Shouldn't be surprised they got it right, but I am, and I'm delighted. Let's hope uh, issues have been sorted. I think Humphrey said um either in ours or, or or in the in the other pod that he did um you know clearly they had a load of issues i remember he said to us a while ago off record rich about that case of gin in rotterdam and, yeah. and you know kind of couldn't get the shirts out of china so no thanks andy for that message appreciate the support for the podcast yeah well, that, uh, that, that is a point isn't it that a lot of these things the club has got has got things wrong we, we can't we can't hide oh, away totally. from that. In the, in the year, totally, yeah. But there are some things that have just been unfortunate circumstance in which no one's been to blame, but the club have faced flack for it. So I think you just need to, yeah. He got his shirt anyway. Maybe, he, got, but... he got his he got his third shirt. He, he he's in Wolverhampton now, chilling in his third shirt. And I don't know if I ever read this one out, Rich. I heard. Well, if I, it's a great email. So if I read it out, if I read it out before, then thank you very much, Nigel. I don't know if I did, but he put, "Hi both, big fan of the podcast. Thank you very much." He's put, I've been following Wrexham for 40 years, uh, season ticket holders in the tech end, which is where you are, Rich, uh, and the whole family are Reds. Having recently been taken ill and fighting a long battle, your podcast is a great source of info, fun, and it helps me through the bad days. Missed some recent home games, but hopefully back at the Kairas soon. Keep up the good work, uh, but maybe stay off the chance. Uh, up the shag in town. Uh, Nigel, appreciate it. I, I really appreciate the criticism of the singing. Were they that bad? Was it bad, Rich? I don't know. You can tell me honestly. If they the more, the more I think about it, the worse they get. But hey, yeah, I, we're I having fun. That. We're on the Oli Palmer hype train, aren't we? And you know, if <laughs> anyone's lost be, of fun. yeah, if anyone's gonna be on the club coach on on Saturday, then join me for a rendition of Oli Palmer the Chameleon or whatever the hell we call that chat in the end. That's, but yeah. um, I, I'll tell you what, for another day before I sign off, Rich, let's get from people anyone who's listening some of your club coach stories good and bad you know i took the club coach down to brighton that was quite the experience in the fa cup but look there's some horror stories and some good ones i think that'll be a good laugh for a future podcast maybe when it gets a bit quiet because i think early march which i think the first weekend in march we don't have a game i think we're that um you know because obviously 23 teams i think we're just the odd one out that that week so a rare weekend off but look no rich it's been a pleasure wheelston i will see you there through the wind and the hail and the Hopefully it passes, but let's see. You'll be down in the club, coach. I'll be there on the train. Excited. What do you think? Do you think we'll win that? We should win it, shouldn't we? Yeah, I'm I'm confident this time. I mean, it's Wrexham, isn't it? So you can never be 100% sure. But <laughs> if, we, if, like, if we are going to be in the playoffs, you've got to be getting three points from that. So I'm going to go for 2-0 Wrexham. Nothing too fancy, but a comprehensive win. Maybe a bit of a scare early on, but come on. We've got to be putting these to bed. I'll go for something ridiculous that probably will never happen. I'm going to go 4 0 Wrexham. There you go. I mean, it could happen, but I, I feel like a free score in Wrexham. I feel like we're due a, a goal fest. I fancy a Jordan Davis hat trick. Wow. So, okay. Well, I know. Talk big, mate. Talk big. Talk big. But yeah, thank you very much for listening to his talk for the last 40 minutes or so. We'll have more special guests and. Hopefully some insight next week as well. Not sure when we're going to record because obviously we've got Chesterfield on Tuesday. I'll be there and then the Aldershot game as well. And we've got, like Nave said, the one-year anniversary of Rob Ryan Red next week. So if you've got any suggestions how we might be able to mark that, then please do drop us a line on social media or, as Nave said, on the email at 
at robryanred at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.